Turn with me please to Romans first chapter this evening. Romans chapter 1. We've been on a series for a few weeks now. We've entitled Living by Faith. Living by Faith. And we've gone quite some different directions than I first had in mind. But that's the way faith works. You take a step and then you find out more. Has anybody found that out? Abraham went out by faith, not knowing where he was going. So he just had to take the first steps. And as he took additional steps, he got additional light. If you sit still and say, I can't move until I see the whole thing, you're not going to make it far with God. Because he is a faith God, and the just shall walk and live by faith. Amen. In Romans 1 and 15, Romans 1.15 says, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 17. For therein, in the gospel, the good news is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Now, all the things of God are revealed to us according to our faith. And its progression of light is is received from faith to faith. If you don't believe, you won't see. That's why the Bible and the things of God is a closed book to unbelievers. And they can't understand it. And the things of God, we just got through reading during the offering in in 1 Corinthians 2, they're foolishness to natural, carnal, unsaved people. Make no sense. And, And what they don't realize, it's not because it doesn't make sense. It's because they can't see it. It's because they're blind spiritually and deaf and can't understand it. And disrespectful towards God people will say, well, prove to me that God is real and I'll believe. That's not how it works. And people say, well, seeing is believing. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely wrong. The, the psalmist said, unless I had believed to see, he'd have perished. No, it's not see first, then believe. It's believe and then see. Look at that verse again, verse 17. The righteousness of God, now righteousness is an old English word, his right things and everything he says is right. And everything he does is right. But his right ways and things are revealed how? From believing or faith or trust, 
From believing to believing. If you want to see more, got to believe more. <laughs> well, show me and then I'll believe. You're going to stay in the dark. Because you're demanding that God submit to you and do it your way. Not going to happen. He's not going to change it to suit you. Well, I, I have to see it for me to believe it. No, you don't. Belief is a choice. It's a decision. And you'll hear people say, I can't believe that. That's never true. I can't believe it. That's never true. By right of what faith is, the correct way to say it would be, I choose not to believe it. Because if you wanted to, you could. You could believe it if you would choose to believe it. No such thing as a person that can't believe something. By right of what we are. And who we are. So the righteousness of God is revealed how? From faith to faith. As it is written. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. How are we supposed to live? By faith. Skip over to uh, Hebrews 10.38. Says the same thing. Hebrews 10.38. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And we talked about what a couple of weeks ago, we talked about one of the sayings that's popular among Christians. And that is, let go and let God. And it depends on what you mean by that, but that phrase is actually contradictory to this. What do you mean, let go and let God? If you mean it's all up to God, you need to quit trying to do anything and let God do it all, that is absolutely wrong. That is contrary to many scriptures in the Bible. <laughs> you got to watch about things. Just because a lot of people believe it doesn't make it right. Everything you hear Including what you hear me say tonight. Everything you hear. You need to ask yourself. Where is that at? In the book. Everybody. Including yourself. Well I believe this. Well people say. Well I got a right to my beliefs. Actually you don't. If Jesus is Lord of your life. You're supposed to believe what he tells you to believe. Not just make stuff up as you go along. Right or wrong? No. The just lives by faith. No, the Bible said we are to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold. Believe you receive. Resist the devil. Does that sound like doing nothing? Am I supposed to let go or lay hold? Now, if you're talking about casting your cares over on the Lord, well, that's another thing. But still, if you're going to walk by faith, you can't just be passive and leave it all up to God. You got to possess the land. Come on, are you with me? And that's going to take some overcoming of some fear and some feelings. And not being moved by circumstances. And you're going to have to stand. And having done all. 
stand and not quit and not give up. This idea of it's all up to God is not right. You can't leave up to him what he left up to you. Do you see this, saints? He went on to say in the uh, 11th chapter, just a few verses later, in verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. No matter what we might do, if we don't do it in faith, it's not going to please him. So faith is the determining factor. Other verses, I mean, the Bible said this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. How do we receive from God and please God? By faith. How do we overcome every obstacle that would come against us or we might encounter in life? By faith. How do you resist the devil? By faith. How do you receive from God? By faith. How do you live? How do you walk? How do you overcome? By faith. By faith. By faith. faith. Now this, you see this all through the word. But we we got into last time uh, in Jude and in 2 Peter where he warned us about having to fight for faith. Go with me again to Jude. Just one chapter. Turn over there. Let's review just a little bit now. How many were not with us last Friday? Uh, let me see. Okay, quite a few hands. Wow. I encourage you to go back and, and get that CD or DVD. The easiest thing to do is go online and download it or just watch it right there. It won't cost you anything. And um, we, we, the Lord really gave us some things. Those of you that were with us, do you agree? Really, really gave us some things about this. I didn't intend to go this direction at all. In this series. But uh, I can see now. It was the Lord's plan all along. And faith. Is under assault. Now. In many circles. Many are moving away. From faith. In favor of. In their mind. Other things. Other emphasis. And it is a big mistake. It is a trick. Of the enemy. Notice in, in Jude what, uh, what he was talking about. In Jude, just one chapter as you know. And if you don't know where Jude is, go to the back of the Bible and start backing up. And you'll see Revelation. Next thing you'll see is Jude. In Jude 3. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write to you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to talk about people uh, who had been safe who were later lost. And he warns us in the last days, and nobody's ever lived in any later days than us. So this certainly applies to us. There would be People going away from faith, choosing a distortion of grace instead. 
Is that what he said or not? He didn't say that people would get away from grace and there'd be a distortion of faith. And the Bible didn't say without grace it's impossible to please God. Or that the just shall walk by grace or live by grace. As important as grace is, there'd be nothing to receive if it wasn't for grace. But grace is not our part. Grace is not the part we do. Grace is God's part. It's what he has done. What is the grace of God? It is everything he has so freely given to us. It is undeserved. It is unmerited. Unearned. Our salvation. Our healing. Our forgiveness. Our protection. Our provision. The list goes on. It's what God has bought and paid for us in redemption, in Jesus, and freely, everybody say freely, freely given to us. That's grace. And it's marvelous. And it's wonderful. But none of this will be experienced unless and until it is received by faith. And that's our part. Can you see that, saints? Grace is God's part. Faith is our part. Do we need to work on God's part or our part? Let me give you a couple of verses that talk about that one truth right there. In Romans 5, 2. Romans 5, 2 says, By whom we have access by faith into this grace Wherein we stand. How do you get into the grace? What gives you access. Into all God has given. It is faith. Ephesians 3.12. Ephesians 3.12. Says in whom we have boldness. And access. With confidence. By the faith. Of him. Hebrews 4.2. Says for unto us. The gospel was preached. As well as to them. But the word preached did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith. Now the gospel of Jesus is a gospel. The gospel of grace. Of all God has given us in Christ. But the gospel of grace will not benefit you. Without faith. And all that has been given to us by grace. Must be received By faith, or it'll not be enjoyed. It'll not be experienced. Do you believe this, saints? It it is the truth of the Word. It's what's emphasized in the Word of God. I mean, Jesus in His ministry, what did He emphasize? When people got delivered, when people got healed, what did He say to them? Your faith. Your faith. Is that right? Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith. He emphasized. Why? Because it wasn't just his power. And it wasn't just the will of God. What God is giving. If it was only based on the power. His power was there all the time. If it was only based on the will of God. It's not God's will. And any should perish. Right? So what is the determining factor? Even our faith. 
That's the victory that overcomes the whole world. Do you believe it? Some folks don't understand why we're so worked up about faith. (laughs) But when you find out the truth, you get excited about faith. Because that's how you live. That's how you receive. That's how you overcome. That's how you please God. The answer to many, many questions every day in life is, believe God. Is that right? Stand and believe. What am I going to do about this? Well, there may be some other things you do, but I know one thing you're going to have to do. I don't care what's going on. Tell me the answer. Believe God. Have faith in God. Before you find out the details of what to do, we're going to have faith in God. That's how we're going to find out what to do. Is having faith in God. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, we're not going to panic and we're not going to sit around and cry and say, what are we going to do? We're going to trust God. We're going to look to Him. Faith has a look in its eye. Faith has a tone in its voice. It is the look of victory. It is the tone of the overcomer. Is that right? It refuses to despair and give up and lay down and quit. It refuses to believe lies about God and His goodness. It is completely persuaded and convinced that God loves me. He's done everything for me. He's given everything to me. And I can overcome this stuff in front of me. Hallelujah. And there's never a time when you don't do that. You don't think that way and talk that way. It's not okay to have meltdowns and episodes where you freak out. Or you just are depressed for three days. That's never okay. If you want to be defeated and destroyed, that's how you do it. But if you want to overcome, I said if you want to overcome, if you want to have victories in your life, then you have to respond in faith every time. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, I have faith in God. I trust God. I trust his word. word. And I live by faith. faith. Amen. That's you. That's me. Hallelujah. That's how Jesus lived and walked. That's how the patriarchs that are mentioned in Hebrews 11 lived and walked and saw all these miracles. That's how all true believers. Who ever heard of a believer who didn't believe? (laughs) Hallelujah. Go with me please to 2 Timothy the first chapter. There's much more that could be said about what we were just talking about. That there is no blessing in God that's going to be enjoyed without faith. You can't get born again without faith. And all the other blessings of God work the same way. But with that said, I want you to notice this in 2 Timothy, the first chapter and the fifth verse. 2 Timothy 1.5 says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, 
And your mother, I know some people say Eunice, but others say Eunice. And I'm persuaded that in you also. Did you know faith can be caught? Faith can be transferred from generation to generation. Now the recipient must desire it and want it. But one of the greatest things you ever left to your children is not money or a house. Come on, are you listening? The greatest thing is faith. That you have faith that your children and your grandchildren or great-grandchildren see and hear and know year after year after year. And they know it's real. Hallelujah. And even if they try to ignore it, they know it's real. And even if they act crazy, in their downtime and quiet time, they realize mama's faith is real. Daddy's faith is real. Grandpa's faith is real. My, uh, my grandmother, Sister Lena Pearl Moore. Down in the South, we have extra names. In case something's wrong with one name, you got another one. Back up. <laughs> she was secretary and treasurer of Cherry Chapel Pentecostal Church for, I don't know, 50 years at least, maybe a lot more than that. And she taught in Sunday school and, and other things. She got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues in the cotton field. Pulling a cotton sack, picking cotton. Got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues out there in the field and shouted. And they had a move of God on their property at their pond. At the pond on the moor property that my great uh, granddad cleared the timber off of. And this was back in the, uh, what would this have been? 30s? 20s and 30s? They had Choctaw Indian people, Native American people, black people, white people, all out there at that pond getting baptized and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Now this is a long time. Before that was common in the South. But my grandmother knew God. And I knew she did. And uh, when I was a little boy, I don't know how old I was, but I know I was young enough. She was holding me in her arms. Holding me up in her arms out in their backyard at their giant pear tree. They had a pear tree that, of course, and I was small, so I'm sure it looked bigger. But it looked enormous to me. And they had these amazing pears. Great big green pears. And I'm out there and and it was hot. And I didn't have a shirt on. I was a little guy. And I'm eating pears. And I remember, this is one of my memories as as a little child. I couldn't have been very old. And I got pear juice all over me. I remember that. I got pear juice. I got no shirt, but I got pear juice all over me. But I am thoroughly enjoying myself eating these pears. And my grandmother's holding me in her in her arm. I couldn't reach to get the pear. And she's picking them and handing them to me. And she said, oh, these pears are good, aren't they, baby? These pears are sweet. 
And I'm going, hmm, and I got pear juice on me. She says, God is sweeter than these pears. Now, since the anointing, I don't know what the anointing is. I'm just a little kid. And I thought, wow, if God's sweeter than these pears, he must be pretty sweet. I don't know how much longer later than that it was, but my granddad had a great big Hereford bull named Tom, the bull. And of course, again, I'm a little guy, so this thing looks like a monster to me. He looked, you know, but you know, these things get big. And he had this white, curly, curly hair in his forehead, and I remember that. And they had fed him since he was a little calf, so he was like a big pet. He'd just come up behind you and nudge you because he wanted something to eat. But he's so big, he'll knock you, you know, <laughs> knock you down. He's not trying to hurt you. He just wants something to eat. And so she took me out there with him. And oh, I thought he was amazing. Biggest thing I'd ever seen. And I put my little hand, I remember putting my little hand in his curly forehead. And it was about that big to his giant head, you know. And, and she said, my grandmother said, Tom is so big and strong. I thought he's the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. Look at how big he is. You know, she said, God is bigger than Tom. I thought, what? God is bigger than Tom. He must be big. And stronger than Tom. She said, he's bigger than Tom and stronger than Tom. I thought, what in the world could be bigger than Tom? But see, here I am. A grown man many years later, I remember that. That stuck with me. And uh, when I'd come to visit at their house in the wintertime, and it was cold, and they had a drafty old house, and she'd pile ten quilts on top of you, and you couldn't even move, you know, <laughs> lest you might get cold, you know. And so, and she gave me some books to read, by, some of them by Brother Oral Roberts. Some of them, she was a partner of his, and, and some of them by some other people. And I remember one night... Uh, by this time I must have been, I don't know, eight, nine years old. And, and I'm reading this book about this man of God that went somewhere and the Spirit of God told him to do something and he did it. And a little kid was raised from the dead. And man, the Holy Ghost come got into bed with me at Grandma's house. Amen. I said, what, what do you mean? Well, he can manifest himself. I was in there by myself, but I, I cried and I laughed. I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm talking, she's been in heaven for many years now, but do you see what this said? Faith, real faith that was in your grandmother and in your mother. Come on, can you see this? Our children are supposed to get something far more valuable from us than just natural things and clothes and place to stay and education. Come on, you understand? The most valuable thing that they can see in us is real faith. Hallelujah. It will make such an impression on them, they'll not be able to get away from. Now notice he said unfeigned faith. Why would he say that? Why would he use a descriptive word? Why not just say faith? The New King James says the genuine faith. The BBE says true faith. Why would you need to say genuine faith or true faith? Because there is that which people call faith, but it is not. 
There is that which people refer to as faith, even think as faith, and it is not real faith. In fact, Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, anybody remember what he said? Shall he, this is Luke 18, 8, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Why would he say that? Shall he find faith on the earth? Because real faith is rare. When you're talking about the billions of people on the planet, real faith is rare and precious. We need a revelation of this. Because a lot of folks are calling things faith that's not faith. Everybody said out loud, unfeigned faith. Genuine faith. True faith. Why would you need to use that word to describe it? Unless there's something else that's not the real thing. Second Thessalonians 3 and 2. You don't have to turn there. Second Thessalonians 3, 2. He said, I pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. That's the NIV. Not everyone has faith. Now go with me to Peter, please. First Peter. Well, I tell you, go, go to Second Peter, the first chapter, and then we'll back up to First Peter. Second Peter 1, 1. 2 Peter 1.1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained what? Like what? Precious. Why would you use that word? It's not everywhere found. It's rare. It's precious. So much so that when the Son of Man comes, shall he find some? Shall he find any? I hope everybody's awake. Are you awake? Because there's, especially with the, the advent of faith teaching and teaching about faith, there's this idea among many people that, well, yeah, we all have faith. Yeah, you know, everybody's got faith. I got faith. You got faith. That's just not true. Everybody has the ability to have faith. But not everybody has faith. And certainly not in every area. And many just don't understand really what it is. You hear people saying, well, what faith are you? Are they talking about the faith of God like we're talking about tonight? No, no. They're talking about a philosophy. And there is a danger in mentally assenting or agreeing to truths. And calling that faith. When it is not real faith. Just because you know some things. Doesn't mean you have faith in God. Faith is precious. Go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 and 7. He said... That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Faith is far more rare and far more precious than gold. And your faith will be tried. But if you don't turn loose of your faith, all that any circumstance in life will do is cause your faith to be shown and to come out on the other side refined. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. And shining brightly yes. like pure gold hallelujah. refined in the fire. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. hallelujah. The devil has brought things against believers to rob them Of this precious faith. The faith. Is based on the word. How does faith come? By hearing what the Lord said. And when the word comes. What does the enemy do immediately? He comes to steal. The word. Why? Because in so doing. What happened is. He caused the person to turn loose of their faith. In the word. That's the only way he could steal the word. Is that to, through whatever kind of thing, cause you to turn loose of it and stop believing it and stop holding fast to it. But if you won't, after it's all said and done, your faith will actually be stronger. Hallelujah. And purified of any junk. Does our faith need to be refined? Read the verse, read the verse. The trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Faith and patience work together. They are inseparable. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And what did James say about patience? Let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect or complete and entire wanting nothing. It's not enough just to believe God. You have to keep believing God. And not stop believing God. And once you've laid hold, never turn loose. Is that right? And once you've taken a stand on that truth and what God told you, you don't stop standing. Why would you stop? If it was true when you stood on it, it's still true now. Is that right? It's not going to stop being true, so why would you quit standing on it? But this is what the fight is over. What did the Bible say? Fight. The good fight. Of what? Faith. Faith. Thank you, Lord. Now, uh, many, well, I'll tell you what, let me give you scriptures. How old you thought? Can you remember many? Okay, just stay right there. <laughs> so if I ask you where I was at, what are you going to say? Many, many. <laughs> Go with me back over to Mark. 
I to actually go to Matthew 13. This is recorded in Mark 4 and in Matthew 13. Go to Matthew's account. A lot of these things I've never taught before. So I am taking steps of faith. Amen. Believing when I get to the next part, we'll have it. And you're believing with me. Yes, is that right? Yes, sir. This is very, God is giving us precious things. Can you see that? I mean, especially these last few months, I mean, we've been getting precious, precious things. I'm not, haven't thought these things up. They are given to us of the Lord. And they're answers to questions that folks are dealing with right now. So it's not just affecting us. So you believing with us to get these things out affects them. And with technology, somebody could be listening to this 20 years from now. The Lord tears is coming. Is that right? And if it had not come out, they couldn't have seen it and heard it. And so uh, I want the truth to get out. I want the enemy, uh, his tactics to be revealed. Is that right? And people to get clear and free from his deception and confusion. See the believers rise up in power and in victory. And lay hold of all that Jesus has given us. Be the light in the world we're supposed to be. Hallelujah. And not be defeated. But overcome. That's who we are. That's what we are. Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is the parable of what we call the parable of the sower. Or the parable of the seed. He mentions four types of ground. And the four types of ground represent four kinds of heart. Four kinds of people, their condition of heart. And in 1320... He said, he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it. Now, now the first person that heard the word, it, it never got in the ground. The fowl of the air representing the enemy came and stole it. They never got started and they never had any results. But here, this person, they heard the word and, and they received it. So the seed got in the ground. And uh, how could you tell there was some real faith there? Now, faith life people ought to know this. Is that right? How could you tell if you're really in faith? Hmm? You're going to get excited about it. There's going to be joy and the joy of the Lord is our strength it is one of the sure indicators of real faith genuine faith and so this person did have real faith from the word they heard they got excited about it they had joy and they received it but they didn't get any results in their life from it. Now that's a hard thing to hear. Isn't it? The word they heard and initially received. Did not benefit them. At all. Why? Verse 21. Yet. Hath he not root in himself. But dureth for a while. This is describing patience. Actually, the lack of it. Patience means, though if you look up the word, it means perseverance. 
or endurance. He hath not written himself, but dureth for a while, for when, notice it didn't say if, <laughs> when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. Now come on, do you think the enemy of your soul is just going to stand by and watch and do nothing while you lay hold of the life-changing word of God and get miracles in your life that will cause everybody that sees you to want to get to know your God. Uh -uh. What's he going to do? He's going to do everything he can do to wear you down, to confuse you, to trick you, to deceive you, all designed to get you to let go of your faith and quit believing and quit expecting. And you can tell that's happening because you're losing your joy. You stop being excited about it. And begin to be upset and depressed. And what happens? By and by. Doesn't happen all at once. But by and by he is what? Offended. Everybody say offended. Offended. By and by he is offended. Offense and unbelief are connected. The same time they got offended is the same time they quit believing. And we have a lot of people in the churches, talking about all over the country and world, that are offended. They prayed and prayed and prayed and it didn't happen. They sowed, they tithed, and they sowed and gave offerings and gave offerings and still had problems and and lost things and went under. They prayed and, and stood and made confessions about their healing or that of their child or their friend or their mother. And they didn't experience the healing. And now they are offended. We're not talking about a few people. We're not talking about a hundred. Across the country. Many. Is it true? Many. And so many have decided. That faith stuff. Doesn't work. And so they're either doing nothing. They leave church. Or they're looking for something else in the place of faith. Because they're tired of hearing about faith. They don't want to hear about standing. They did stand. They don't want to hear about confessing the word. (laughs) Well, we're shelling down the corn now. (laughs) Getting right on down to the cob. Is what I'm saying, is that the case or not? Yeah. And so there are many who are offended. They are offended at faith. They are offended at what they perceive to be the faith lifestyle. 
the faith churches, faith preachers, faith ministries. <laughs> Look with me in um, Psalms 105 and uh, 17. Psalm 105 and 17. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron, describing when Joseph was sold as a slave, and then later when he was actually put in prison for a length of time. Verse 19, until the time that his word came, or came to pass, the word of the Lord tried him. Now let me just get through reading about in Peter the trial. Is that right? Of your faith. Now we've got a lot of people around who are saying, I tried that faith stuff. I tried tithing. I tried sowing seeds. I tried that confession. And it didn't work. But according to this, Joseph wasn't trying this. The word of the Lord was trying him. There's a distorted concept of this thing. What I believe we have is a generation now, one that exists and another younger that is coming up. That has heard a lot about faith. Now this is not worldwide. But in the body of Christ. There's a, a fair segment. People like Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. Senior who's in heaven now. Whom God gave the direction. Go teach my people faith. And, and all the. You know I came up under his ministry. As most of you know. And, and uh, he learned faith. As a paralyzed 16 year old boy. Bedfast. He tried to get people. He, he called for several preachers to come. He wanted to ask them about Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. He had read it. 16 year old boy. And it said. What things soever you desire. When you pray. Believe you receive them. And you'll have them. And he wanted to know. Does whatsoever mean whatsoever? <laughs> I mean can I believe I received my healing? He couldn't find anybody that uh, most of the people wouldn't even talk to him about it. And finally, one guy did come to see him. And when he came to see him, he was in such a bad way that he couldn't talk. He was so paralyzed, he couldn't get the words out. And when he tried to talk, it said it just sounded like gibberish. He couldn't even make one intelligible word. And said, so the pastor took his hand, picked up his hand in his, and patted it and said, just be patient, my boy. In a few more days, it'll all be over. And left the room. And that's all the help he got in finding out about faith or learning about faith. But because he laid there and prayed and communed with God, Amen. 
the Lord began to lead him to truths in the scripture. Has being born again been done away with? The Lord asked Brother Hagin as he's laying there bedfast. He said, well, no, nobody would say that. How do you get born again? <laughs> By grace through faith. Well, then faith hadn't been done away with. He brought his attention to the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. He said, what made her hope? Her faith made her hope. If her faith would make her hope, your faith will make you hope. Amen. Come on, can you see this? Hallelujah. And finally he got a hold of it. And he got frustrated because he's, he's months and months and months bed fast on the bed there. Can't, half the time he can't even handle a Bible. Can't even move a page. And so finally, in frustration, he said, God, I do believe. I mean, if, if you told me face to face, your problem is, son, you don't believe. I'd say, no, Lord, I believe. And he said, the Lord spoke to his heart. Son, you believe as much as you know. Now that's an answer to a lot of things. As much as you know. Because he'd pray and say, I believe I receive. And then he'd check his body. And it's no better. Why didn't it work? He'd pray and check his body. Pray and check his body. Finally, he got that revelation. He said, oh, I see it. I see it. I got to believe I receive my healing while I'm still laying here paralyzed. I got to believe I receive it right now. (laughs) Nobody told him that. No human person in his life. The Spirit of God told him. And then right after that, the Spirit of God said, now you believe you're well. He said, I sure do. I sure do. He said, well, well, people ought to be up this time of the day. It was like 10 or 11 in the morning. Well, people ought to be up. So with great difficulty, he threw his arm around the bedpost and, and pushed his legs out. He said they plopped and hit the floor like pieces of firewood. Couldn't even feel them. And he, and he dragged himself and slid out of the bed. And when he did, he went all the way down till his knees were touching the floor. And he's holding on. And he said, I want to declare before God and all the angels in heaven, before the devil and every demon, I believe I receive my healing. And I'm here. And he said when he did, it felt like warm honey began to touch him in the top of the head. And just piled up on his head. And then just ran down over. He said it ran down over his face. and Nothing he could see. But he could feel it. And he said when it got to his legs. They started stinging. Like they had thousands of needles. Before that he couldn't feel a thing. He was paralyzed. He said it hurt so bad. But it hurt so good. And within just a few moments. He's standing there on his own power. Hallelujah. Praising God. I say all that to say this. He had a personal faith in the God he knew. Living faith. Real faith. Somebody say real faith. Real faith. faith. He got it. How does faith come? And see, he heard these things from the Lord. Laying there in the bed. The Lord led him in the scriptures. And by his spirit. But people like him who learned about faith and walked by faith, not they didn't get it from anybody else. But they were able to teach so wonderfully by the anointing the principles of faith. What faith is. 
how it comes, how it works. But now we've had a whole generation that have come up and learned principles of faith and think that's real faith. They think because I know principles of faith, that means I have faith in God. And it doesn't. I said it doesn't. And many have taken these principles and actually made works out of them. I have to I have to keep confessing it and confessing it and, and I have to keep giving and, and I have to keep doing this and I have to keep doing that. And here's the acid test. What are you counting on to do the work? If it's something you're doing, your faith's not in God. Your faith's in your faith principle that you're doing. And people have done this and didn't get results and got mad at God and anybody that preached faith and became offended. Come on, can you see this? And so now they don't want to hear about faith. They're looking for something else. And of course the enemy will accommodate you with something else. Problem is, you're not going to get results with something else. Living by faith principles that you have mentally agreed to is not the same thing as living faith in the living person of God. Faith is of the heart. Trusting God, not of the head. Logging information. It's a living thing. And Timothy said it. We'll turn there and read it out loud. He said, 2 Timothy 1 and 12. 2 Timothy 1 12. Latter part of the verse, part B, he said, For I know whom I have believed. Amen. Not what? Yes, right. Not what? Not what? Not what? Whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he. Not it. (laughs) See what are we counting on. For it to happen. The thing we need. If we're counting on what we're doing. Then it's not faith in him. It's faith in what we're doing. (laughs) Can you see this? I know whom I have believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. You don't want to just learn principles about faith. You want to have living trust in the living God you know. And you can't trust him beyond what you know of him. Even though you'd like to. It's a decision to trust him. But it's all tied to our personal relationship with him. And many, they don't pray, don't spend any time communing with God. 
They're so busy with everything in their life. And they weren't looking for how I can serve God. They were looking for what principles of God will serve me. And help me do what I want to do. I know when I was in Brother Hagin's healing school some decades ago. There was a wealthy family that was there with their young child that was very sick, very ill. And uh, they were with us for a couple of weeks and I just didn't feel like we were making much progress. I began to seek the Lord extra and pray about it. So I thought, Lord, what's going on here? They, uh, they, he should be doing better by now. I mean, what's, what's happening here? And you know, some things you, the Lord didn't tell you, he showed you. And he can show you something in faster than the blink of an eye. It'd take you half a day to try to explain it. But, and, and it was like this. It's like if Dave represented the Lord. I could almost see his parents coming like this. And they didn't want to get any closer to him than they had to be. And they wanted to get the healing for their child and then go back to their life. They didn't want God. They wanted what he could do for them. And that's a problem. Not because God will withhold from you. It's just because your faith doesn't work like that. Your faith won't work in those conditions. Because who's your faith in? Him. (laughs) Right? And what will happen is again and again if something's not right in your life. The first thing you should do is not just start making confessions and quoting scriptures and trying to implement principles. You don't even really know what to do yet until you've heard from him. You should come boldly to the throne of grace to get your mercy and your help. Is that right? And again and again, you'll say, God, I need money. I need money. I need healing. He'll say, I know, baby. Come here. Come here. Yeah, but I, I just need, I'm busy. I'm bu- I just need my healing so I can get back. Baby, come here. Come here. He wants you to come all the way up Amen. and sit down on his knee. Yes. Come on, are you listening? Thank you, Father. And all you want to talk about is that healing or that money, but he wants to talk to you about other stuff. Amen. He wants to talk to you about his plan for your life Amen. and about why you're even alive and why you're on the planet. Is that right? Yes. And you get that right, and all these other things just kind of fall in line. But you see, millions of people, they're not interested in that. They have a life full of all kind of things that the Lord did not tell them to do. And they don't want to change that life. And so all they're interested in is anything from God that will help me do my life. And that's a problem. I said, that's a problem. Because real faith doesn't work that way. You, real faith is living trust yeah. in the God you know. Yeah. Come on, can you see this? Yeah. I know I read uh, some time back, I actually watched and listened to it. A former Rama graduate, same school I went to, pastor of a faith church for many years, who now is warning people 
to stay away from people like us. Referring to it as that faith cult. And as he talked. This man. He's in the same class as I was in. He, he was at the same place. And for years and years. He's a pastor of a so-called faith church. Teaching and preaching faith principles and the faith lifestyle. And so I. I don't always do this, but I, I thought I, I, I want to listen some more to him. And he went on to warning people that this faith stuff is error and it doesn't work. And when he said it, I thought, okay, what happened to you? What happened to you? And I just kept listening. And I kept listening. Now, we studied last week in Jude and Peter, what are the two big indicators of wrong doctrine? Anybody remember? Error. One was lack of respect. The other is lack of restraint. Again, if you didn't hear that, I highly recommend. It'll help you. And he was very disrespectful of Brother Hagin. And others like him. I mean very. Now come on. You're in this group of people. And with this man and these folks. For all these years. And you didn't get anything. That you could be thankful for. Maybe you disagree on a point. But here's a man. Maybe maybe you've come to think differently. But here's a man. Who's had obvious miracles in his life and walked with God, uh, you know, and didn't go crazy and didn't steal the money and and have nine affairs with the choir. Come on, are you listening? A, A man of God who was steady and strong for 60 plus years and you can show no respect? None? So vehement. Bitterness. That's what I kept thinking as I'm hearing. Bitter. Man, he's bitter. And that's why I thought, what happened to you? And then finally, he got to it. His young daughter got sick. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they stood, and they made confessions. And she died. That's it. That's why he is the way he is now. He's offended. Come on, can you see this? He's offended at faith. He's offended at the word. You know who he's really mad at? God. He's been a pastor. He's been a minister. He's made sacrifices. He's done all the things. And now when he needed it, God couldn't heal his baby. Here's the problem. Nobody deserves a healing. Nobody deserves or has earned Through their good works. It was too precious. For you and I to earn. Jesus bought it. He paid for it. And he gave it to us. But the only way it is received. Is how? Well I made the confessions. Doesn't mean you had faith. I prayed and prayed and prayed. Doesn't mean you had faith. Well I did that faith thing. No you didn't. No you didn't. 
You called something faith. And they called something faith. But God does not lie. And he does not fail. And nobody ever trusted in him. And was let down. Or made ashamed. Am I quoting scripture? Nobody ever has. And it is pride. To get up in God's face. And say I did all that and it didn't work. I know uh, some years ago. I was ministering in the healing school. Brother Hagen's ministry. And after the service this lady came up. And you could tell boy she was hot. And she had her Bible in her hand. She threw it up on the podium. And she said I wish you'd tell me something please. I said well. If I can. I said I don't know everything. She said, why doesn't this work? I just looked at it, so it was the Bible. I said, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, yes, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, yes, it does. She said, it does not. I said, it does too. (laughs) Well, we're getting nowhere. (laughs) I said, what are you talking about? She said, right here. And boy, she's about tearing the page out of her Bible. I looked down, it was James 5. What is it? 14, 15, 16 through there. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. I said, it does work. She said, no, it doesn't. She said, we did it. And it didn't work. I said, "Uh, okay, let's go over it again. I said, "Uh, you called for the elders. I did. They prayed over you in the name of the Lord. Yeah. They prayed the prayer of faith over you. Yeah, they did. But the Lord didn't raise you up. No. I said, let's go over this again. Now, I said, you call for the elders. Yes, they prayed over you. Yes. Prayer of faith. Yes. The Lord didn't raise you up. No. I shut it. I said, well, I'm sorry, sister. I reckon he lied to you. I don't care who he is. If he said he'd do it, he don't do it. I'm sorry. I guess he lied to you. She shook her head. God can't lie. I said, that's what I thought. <laughs> I said, open me back up. Let's go over this again. Now, I'm not, I wasn't trying to mock her. We need to see something here. Come on, you understand what I'm talking about? She's convinced they have done the faith thing. And it didn't work. And so she's hot. At who? The first time she's ever seen me was that day. Why is she upset with me? Well, she couldn't chew on God personally, she thought, and I was handy. I said, they called. You called for the elders. Yes, I did. They, they anointed you with oil and prayed over you in the name of the Lord. Yes, they did. They prayed the prayer of faith for you. Yes, they did. I said, exactly. What did they pray? She said, well, they prayed, Lord, heal her if it be thy will. Now, see, because you've been around some things you know that's not the prayer of faith but she was convinced they had done it but the truth is they didn't release faith but they were sure they had come on do you see this they were sure they had and it didn't work and they're mad but that's pride why would it never occur to you 
that maybe we came short somewhere. Huh? Why, why would that not occur to you? Maybe we didn't. Maybe we weren't in faith. Can you see this, friends? And it took me a little doing, but I think she began to see that what they were calling faith wasn't faith. Because like one brother said, faith begins where the will of God is known. How many think we have a lot yet to learn about faith? If you're thinking you got this faith thing, (laughs) you are sorely mistaken. (laughs) Okay, go with me, please. I want to give you an example about this. Go with me, please, to the book of Acts. Acts 19 and 11. As that brother pastor proceeded to warn people, stay away from these faith preachers. Actually, my heart went out to him. He's hurting. He's bitter. And what exactly is he going to replace faith with? Fatalism? Whatever is going to be is going to be. It's all up to God. Nothing's up to us. Are they going to experience more results? Believe in that? Than endeavoring to stand and walk by faith? See, they're in trouble. Because the enemy has stolen their faith. And the word out of their lives that was their rock and their mainstay. Your heart goes out to them. Yeah, they wanted their their baby to be healed. And it was the will of God. A lot of folks don't like hearing that, but why did it not? A lot of times we just have to come back and say, I don't know. I know. It's not God's will that any should perish. I know healing is bought and paid for and it belongs to us. I know Jesus healed everybody. Is that right? That came to everybody. Nobody, not even one that came to Jesus to be healed left without being healed. Not a one. And about, he said, "Whatever, whatever you see me doing, I'm just doing what the father showed me to do. You're seeing the will of God. The unchanging will of God. But. We have come short. In our faith. Like Brother Hagin was saying that time. As that 16 year old boy. I believe God I have faith. And the Lord said to him. As much as you know. Is there a lot we don't know? Then should we humble ourselves. Under the mighty hand of God. And say Lord what I. I know you didn't fail me here. When you're hurting and you've lost a battle, that's when you don't need to quit, God. You need him desperately. Is that right? Run to him. And say, Lord, I know this is not right. This is not the way it should be. But I'm not going to blame you. When you're talking about getting away from faith, you're talking about getting away from trusting God as a lifestyle and as a way of life. And you need to come back to say, I'm not leaving you. If anybody missed it, it's not you. It's us. Right? Let me let you know a little secret here. Dying ain't that big of a deal. (laughs) 
Say what? You heard me. You heard me. Everybody acts so mortified they may die. We all going to die, honey. The Lord tarries is coming that much longer. Every one of us is going to quit breathing and leave here. And from God's perspective, it's going to happen in just a few minutes. God time. Even if we live another 50 years, it's nothing. And so somebody dying is not the end of the world. What it is for them? No, it ain't. No, it ain't. No, it's not. Especially if they're a believer. They've gone to be with the Lord. Which is better. Far better than being here. If you were there where they are for about 20 seconds. You would say, hey, forget the earth. Forget. Forget. Yeah, but I know my, my grandmother I mentioned to you earlier. She, she had visions and dreams and people called her a witch because they didn't understand those things. And, uh, but I saw some of the same people that said ugly things about her, grown men, come to her house and kneel by her rocking chair and ask her to forgive them when it came to pass exactly like what the Lord showed. And, uh, when her, mother-in-law died Miss Nettie Moore she told him when she was going to go she told him the day she was going to go home to be with the Lord and that day that morning she got her milk pail of course this is many years ago went out to the barn milked the cow when she stepped up on the doorstep to go in the house fell dead slipped out of her body went there well a lot of the family was upset and my, my grandmother said she laid down to go to, to sleep on her bed. And this was a day or two after her mother-in-law went home. And she said when her head hit the pillow, she came right up out of her body and went straight up to heaven. Said she didn't see the throne and she didn't see so many of the things that people talk about. She said she saw an amazing staircase that curved and went up. And up at the top of it was her mother-in-law. She said, in the most beautiful purple robe you have ever seen, and just young and vibrant looking like she had never seen her look. And so she, uh, she climbed that, that staircase and talked, and they hugged, and, and uh, she said a number of things to her. One of them was about my granddad. His name was QN. That's his initials. He went by QN Moore. And he was not a church going man. And just rough as could be. And Monetti said, my, my grandmother said she, uh, Monetti said, uh, has Quinnan changed his way of living since mother has gone? And I can see her now. She hung her head. She says, no, Miss Nettie, no. I'll have to say no. <laughs> she says, well, you tell him if he wants to see mother. He better change his way of living. Tell him. He's got even more stock in heaven now that mother is here. <laughs> Interesting things. And so anyway, after that happened, I noticed I'd get her to tell me that story sometimes. Because man, it was marvelous. 
And, and so every time she did, her eyes would get all misty and she'd kind of get a faraway look in her eye. And, and I didn't understand it when I was younger, but when I was about 15 or 16, it crossed my mind. I said, now, we called her Mama. I said, Mama, would you have stayed if you could? And I'm realizing at that time, she had two young children, little ones. I mean, a baby and a toddler. Excuse me. A, a, a toddler and one that was 10. And uh, she paused. She looked at me. She said, yeah, baby, I'd have stayed. I thought, wow. A young mother with a husband and babies would have stayed? You may say, I don't think I would. You ain't been there. <laughs> you haven't. I said all that to say this. Okay. You lost a battle. Maybe it was God's highest and best that you overcome. Live another 20 years. But you didn't. So they're in heaven. What kind of loss is that? What kind of defeat is that? Come on, come on, are you with me? And I believe there's such a difference in the perception of time. If you live down here another 50 years and then you go to be with them, they'll look up and go, you're already here. Yes. To them it'll be like they just got there. Yes. And do you think 10,000, 2 million years from now, anybody is going to care that you came 10 minutes early? <laughs> come on, do you see this? But what the enemy has used, people not understanding these things, for folks to get bitter and hard and mad at God and reject faith. And that's why the scripture says you need to earnestly contend for faith. Oh, brother, sister, it's, it's your life. It's how you live. It's everything you do every day is going to take faith. And if the devil steals your faith out of you, you are sad and defeated. And you're not going to live a level of life any better than unsaved people round about you. I've made up my mind. How about you? Other folks can get offended Knock faith in these things if they want to. But I know what God has done for men. I know how he did it. I know in whom I have believed. I'm not leaving him. I'm, I'm holding on. How about you? And if I don't see everything I thought I was believing for, I'm not going to be stupid and blame God and accuse God and be mad at Him. If anybody missed it, it's right here. It's right here. Right? I thought wrong. I made mistakes. But I'm not leaving God. I said I'm not leaving God. And I'm not leaving faith. Because that is the only way to please Him. Without it, it is impossible. So these folks that's going to get away from faith and faith teaching, what are they replacing it with? What's going to get them through in the place of faith? Acts 19.11 God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. 
Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them, upon themselves, to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So they have been to a Paul victory seminar. (laughs) They've been to a Paul meeting. And they've heard him tell about casting out spirits. Maybe saw some things in the services. And so they decided, well, we can do that. And so they listened very carefully and took good notes. And wrote down what Paul said, what foot was forward, and the tone of his voice, which hand he pointed with. And so then they did it just like he did it. And they said, uh, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. (laughs) Now when Paul said, I adjure you. In the name of Jesus. He didn't say by whom somebody preaches. He describes in Galatians. How he didn't get this from any man. Is that right? And the Bible said there were seven. These seven sons of Siva. A Jew chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said. Jesus I know. And Paul I know. (laughs) But who are you? (laughs) They knew what Paul did, but they didn't know who Paul knew. They knew deliverance and faith principles, but it wasn't based on a living relationship with the living God. They weren't doing this because they heard what the Lord said do in this situation. They're trying to employ a principle that they learned in a meeting. Can you see this? Unsuccessfully. The uh, man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. And they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Poor results. (laughs) Right? Not the outcome they were going for. And so I don't know what they did after this, but a prideful individual would conclude that stuff doesn't work because we did it and it didn't work. Do you see this? But they didn't prove that faith didn't work. They didn't prove that the believer doesn't have authority over the enemy in Jesus name. What did they prove? They proved they were lacking. Is that right? Remember we talked about Joseph. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. He didn't try it. It tried him. I tried that tithing stuff and it didn't work. No, honey. It tried you and you quit. I tried that faith stuff and it didn't work. No, honey. The word tried you and you turned loose of it. You you demonstrated your faith wasn't real. You let it go. No. It's not God who's being tried here. (laughs) It's not the faith of God that's being tried here. 
It's not the Word of God that's being tried. It's us. Will we believe? Or won't we? Will we hold on? Or will we give up and quit? It's our faith that's being tried. Not the faith of God. Not God. Not His Word. So it didn't work. What did that prove? People are proud and they don't want to take any responsibility that maybe we came up short. Maybe we didn't do something right. So they want to blame it on God. Want to blame it on other people. Want to blame it on faith. But you get grace if and when you humble yourself. Is that right? Before the Lord. Go with me to Luke 22. I'm thinking about closing. I think this is enough for one time. I see people chewing. (laughs) Some of this you're going to have to chew on a little bit. But I believe there are answers here. Do you? I believe there are real answers here. You got people who who know God and have faith because of their living fellowship and relationship with Him. And you got other folks who heard these people talk about faith and they tried to repeat their principles, but they don't know God for themselves. And it's not real to them. So they're trying something. In fact, I'm moving too, too quick. Go to Hebrews 11. You need another scripture. You don't want me to short you? No. Now, Hebrews 11 is what what kind of chapter? Oh, hallelujah. Faith, faith, faith. Isn't it? Does faith excite you? Well, if you know much about it, it does. I can get as excited about faith as just about anything you want to talk about. When I say I get excited about faith, I just got through saying I'm excited about pleasing God. Didn't I? I'm excited about overcoming every attack. I'm excited about receiving every miracle. Is that right? I'm excited. If I don't excite you, something's wrong. Hebrews 11, talking about the Israelites in verse 27 and 8 and 9, Hebrews 11, that that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, how God brought them through. Verse 29 says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. How'd they do it? Come on, tell me how they did it. And the Egyptians are saying to do. Now, what does that mean, a saying to do? Trying to do it. What happened to them? They didn't get the same results. (laughs) Is that right? They're like those seven sons of Siva. They did the same thing, but they didn't get the same results. Why not? Why didn't they get the same results? Because they did the same thing. They stepped out. The water was walled up and, and congealed. and I mean, it would have been pretty spooky. Just from the natural point, to step off into that and walk with these towering walls of water and and the wind blowing, and and all the things that were going on. So it took faith when the Lord told the people, go forward. And Moses put his rod forth, and it split. And everybody went in there with their little kids, and their cows, and their dog, and their cat, and their furniture. Everybody said it took faith. It took faith. Why would you do that? Why would you go down in there? 
you, do you know how long that's going to stay like that? And when it stops being like that, you've got a problem because you're in the bottom of the sea. Huh? You had to overcome your fear, had to have some courage, and step out by faith. And so when the Egyptians got down there and they see them, you know, I guess almost on the other side or so, and they're there to get them, kill them. How'd they get through? Well, they stepped out and went through. So what'd they do? Step out. Go through. Looks the same. I said it looks the same to somebody standing on the bank. Well, they're doing the same thing they did. But they're not. Faith is precious. Faith is rare. Not everybody has faith. It's not trying principles. It's a living trust in a God you know. Come on, can you see this? So they, the Young's literal says, the Egyptians having received a trial of were swallowed up. (laughs) Amplified says, but when the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, they were swallowed up by the sea. Why did it work for the Israelites and it didn't work for the Egyptians? Simple. The Bible tells you. The Israelites did it by faith. The Egyptians did what? They tried it. <laughs> they tried it. So, I mean, you hear people's language. I tried that. You know, immediately it wasn't faith. Faith doesn't try things. Faith does things. <laughs> I tried that tithing. You never believed it. I tried that healing stuff. You were never convinced. You were experimenting with it. You weren't convinced. You weren't persuaded. Can you see a whole lot of people are in their minds are disappointed with faith. But the truth is they weren't operating in real faith. What they're calling faith is not faith. There's a feigned faith and there's a real faith. Do you see this? Tell me how faith comes. So before you can have faith in God, you have to hear from God. You can't just say, well, Brother Keith heard from God, so I'm going to have faith based on what he heard. You have to know if he was speaking to you. What did the Lord tell the Israelites? Go. Quit standing here crying and hollering. Go. What did he tell the Egyptians? Let my people go. (laughs) Is that right? He didn't tell them to go. So it's impossible for them to have faith to go. The only thing they could have faith to do was let them go. He didn't tell them the same thing. So they can't have faith in the same thing. (laughs) hallelujah Luke 22 and 31 Luke 22 31 the Lord said to Simon 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 talking about Simon Peter behold 
Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32. What's the devil after? What is sifting? Sifting is separation. Separating one thing from another. What's the devil trying to separate from Peter? Very next verse. But I've prayed for you, Jesus said, that your faith fail not. Does God fail? No. Does the word fail? No. Does the faith of God fail? No. Can your faith fail? Yes. Yes. Elsewise, why is he praying for? If his faith couldn't fail, then you wouldn't need to pray for him that his faith won't fail. And when you're converted, that's faith talking. (laughs) Now, friend, this ought to make you smile from ear to ear. Jesus himself is the author and the finisher of your faith. And he that has begun a good work in you, if you'll stay with him, I said if you'll stay with him, he's going to complete it all the way. Do you see it, saints? He believes in you. If you won't quit him, He believes you can believe Him. He believes you can have faith and overcome every obstacle and receive from it. Can you see right here, Jesus has faith in Peter. He's looking past problems and failures and says, when you get straightened up, (laughs) not if, when. Strengthen your brother. Not only will you not be lost and floundering, but you'll be strong enough to help other people around about you. Woo! That's not defeat. But what's the issue here? Is Peter's faith going to pass the test? What's being tried? Is God being tried? No, God's not being. Is God's word being tried? It's been purified. It is perfect. It is, it's not on trial. If you think it is, you're just thinking wrong. What's on trial? Is Peter's faith going to make it through what's about to happen here? Verse 33. And he said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison And death. That's not the right answer. He's making a good confession. But he's overestimating his faith. Not his God. His faith. His faith. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Was he ready? He wasn't ready. Jesus said, I'm telling you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you shall three times deny that you know me. And Peter just affirmed all the more. In Matthew 26, in this same account, Jesus started off by saying like this, 
Jesus said to them, Matthew 26, 31, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. See, when the faith fails, there's offense. And, and Peter said, verse 33, Though all men shall be offended because of you, yet will I never be offended. That's when Jesus told him, before the night's over and the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said again, though I should die with you, I will not deny you. Everybody awake? There is no room for pride in real faith. None. None. When the Lord tells you to check your faith, don't tell him how strong your faith is. Take him serious. Is that right? How many of us time to fall before the Lord and say, Lord, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Is it possible if your faith's weak to get it built up? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But to not do anything to build your faith up and just assume, oh, I can handle anything. Pride goes before a fall. It goes before destruction. And you got all kind of folks, bless their hearts. They weren't that interested in God's plan for their life. They don't spend any time praying. They don't spend any time in the Word of God. Won't even read their chapter every day. And yet imagine they got all this faith. And then when something comes up, it's just not there. And so they say some things and do some things calling it faith. But the faith is not there. They're trying to implement a principle but it's not based on a living trust in something they personally have heard from God and so it doesn't turn out the way it should and these same folks get mad at God and bitter at preachers and churches and everything else but it's just being prideful because God didn't let you down I said God didn't let you down and faith didn't fail the faith of God didn't fail Problem was you weren't in faith. Faith is precious. And worldwide it's actually rare. It's rare. But you're here. Instead of goofing off somewhere else. Come on. Why are you here? You still must have some interest. In real faith. Is that right? And anybody that has walked with God for any length of time in real faith, you know what he has done for you. Come on, anybody beside me can throw up a hand and say, nobody can tell me faith in God doesn't work. I've been here. I've seen it. You're sitting in it. Is that right? Our faith and the faith of this church. Every project, everything, every bit of word that's going out. How did it get here? How did it come to pass? We dared. Is that right? After hearing from him, we dared to step out and believe and, and reach out. Not just sitting by going, well, what, Lord, whatever you want, just, just let it happen and, and doing nothing. That, that's the, the lazy person's response. That's faithless. No, friend. God is your answer. And faith in him is the way. Do not be offended at him. And do not reject the way he has chosen for us to approach him. What else did he say without this? 
it's impossible to please me. What other thing? Then faith is it, brother. Faith is it. Somebody say, faith is it. It's how we get born again. It's how we receive forgiveness and cleansing. Is that right? It's how we receive our healing. Still true. Is that right? It's how we get our bills paid. Is that right? It's how. And it works. And it's wonderful. And it puts a twinkle in your eye. It puts a spring in your step. It gets you out of the doldrums and the depressions. Doesn't it? It lifts you up. And allows you to lay hold of what grace has so freely given. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Everybody stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.